Since the day she gave me that coveted final rose, my wife, Trista Sutter, has made me a better person. If she can get me to know better, to do better, and to just all around be better, then I'm sure she can do it for you too. You're listening to Better Etc. with my wife and your host, Trista Sutter. Hey everybody, this is Trista Sutter, and you guys, I am so excited about today's episode. It's with Kelly Wolf, who honestly is one of my favorite people ever. She is real and relatable, such a wonderful role model for being a good parent or a good wife or a good friend or a good daughter. She's good at all of it. On top of that, she is a certified life coach, and she shares with us today her happiness map, that's what I'm calling it, called FLOW which stands for finding love over worry. She also shares incredible action items that all of us can take and use every single day and words that will be able to shift the way your brain processes stress and worry. Who's here for it? I am. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Here we go. Welcome, everyone, to my next episode of Better Etc. My guest today is one of my favorite people ever, truly, honestly, and I'm not just saying that to blow smoke. I just so look up to you in terms of the way that you mother, and I feel like we've been on very similar paths. I knew her before she knew me because she was on one of the very, very first, everyone thinks that Bachelor and Bachelorette are one of the first reality shows, but real world was legit the one of the first, if not the first. So she was on Real World New Orleans back in 2000, and I was a huge fan. And I remember watching, thinking we would totally be friends if we knew each other. And now we are. Talk about manifestation. In 2008, Ryan was doing a show called The Eco Zone Project, and he had the pleasure of going to Kelly's home, my next guest, who I haven't even introduced yet, but he was in their home with her and her husband, Scott, who you all might remember from a little show called Party of Five. He was Bailey, and I pretty much think that any girl my age at that time, and even to this day, had a crush on Bailey, who is Scott Wolf. So if you guys didn't watch Real World, or you didn't watch the EcoZone Project, or you didn't watch Party of Five, then shame on you. Kelly Wolf is here with me today. She's super relatable. She is a wonderful mother and a wonderful wife and a wonderful friend. And I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh, and mind you, she's also a rockin' life coach. So that is what we're going to get into today. But please welcome my guest, Kelly Wolf. Thank you. It's so good to be in your presence. Thank you oh, for having gosh. me. I mean, it's been a long time coming. You kind of know the whole story of getting here and the fact that I wanted to really do something that I could help spread some positivity in the world. I feel like it's really heavy these days. And, you know, with my kids growing up and getting older, I've dedicated my life to them and I wouldn't change a minute, but I really wanted something for myself, something that would fuel me. And what fuels me is helping others. I'm a type two Enneagram. Do you know what you are? I, you know what? Bad life coach over here. I don't just because I know you and you know me. I think we're probably the same. Yeah. Very, very similar. I think I know that we're going to get into what you have created and I call it kind of the happiness map with flow. We're going to get into that in a little bit, but I would really love to hear 
how you got started in coaching, if you were always looking to work in the service industry. And I don't even know if you consider life coaching the service industry, but I do because you're there. I call it it's the helpers. I think there are people who are drawn to being of service and helping in that way. Yeah. So to, to answer that question, there's no question that that's in my DNA. That's always yeah. just been part of my whole person, even as a young a young person, you know, that was, I was always looking at Christmas to like, where could I give somebody else my Christmas presents? Or could we find like a family that we could go help? I'm sure I I think now as a mother, how much my my mother was, I appreciate her so much more now for all the times that I was like, okay, we have to put a box together and drive it over here. (laughs) And she would, you know, she would um, honor that and do that. I mean, I've, I've started nonprofits, like I, I, yes, the answer is it's always, I think, been in there, but the bigger arc was I studied broadcast journalism first, mm-hmm. went into broadcast journalism, got a little ugh, by it, wasn't into it, yeah. went back to school for clinical psychology and decided that I wanted to work with well populations. People that know psychology will know what I'm talking about, but that just means you're not working with the DSM. So the diagnostic manual. So it's not like clinical therapeutics. Right. I was going to work with you, me, and all yeah. of us who tend to go, oh, you know what? I'm okay. I'm, I'm really, I'm okay. And so we don't feel like we need to go to therapy or we don't need to go to here. And we're just, we're okay. I mean, maybe we're even good, but not like great. Yeah. So I was motivated to kind of help the us's of the world mm-hmm. to be great. And why do we want to be great? So that we can be of service. It's kind of what you're doing. I think that we cap people off so often by not cresting that wave to that place where we have more energy to be of service. We don't want to just be okay. You know, we want to get to that place where we can be of service. It's not, it's not even egocentric. It's not selfish. It's about how do we maintain an energy field that can elevate all the boats, not just our own boat, kind of what you're doing right now. And I think that's when we talked in at our at our lunch in Vale that was my feeling was when your voice breaks through, you raise so many boats up, you know, and how important that is. That's how I got to this place. I love it. And I feel like it is exactly where you're meant to be. I feel like you are one of the lucky people who have found your purpose and you're living it and, and we're all better for it. So thank you. Um, especially for coming on here and sharing and being one of my first guests. I mean, you were one of my My first phone calls to say, okay, let's chat. And I'm so happy to be doing it now because I think we need this. We need more conversations of hope. We need more conversations of joy. We need more conversations of happiness. We need all the boats to rise. We need all the boats to be elevated and for us all to be better versions of ourselves. You know, that's the whole purpose. And and I feel like you are exactly the kind of person who can help us all be better. So now that we know the why, why you got into life coaching, I'd love to go into the what explain to everyone what flow is exactly where it came from and 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 we'll get into the specifics in a little bit but I kind of want to hear the the basics the general story of flow just for people who haven't heard of it yet well flow so okay flow is the name of my company yes it is trademarked and all the things flow is the name of the company but it actually stands for finding love over worry So it is like what you said, it is actually a map. It is a map to change the way you think about things. 
So finding love over worry was born from, so I've been in a one-on-one coaching practice, a a life coaching practice for almost nine years. Is it time? Is it unbelievable? Has it been nine years? Eight eight and a half years. Okay. So for eight and a half years, many of those times in one-on-one sessions, I would hear people say the word flow. You know, mm-hmm. just they're telling you a story and they're like, oh, I was in flow and it was amazing and da, 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 da. And I was writing and I was in flow or I'm hella skiing and I was in flow or Ryan, I'm putting out a fire and I was in flow, <laughs> you know, just those moments where people would comment on flow. And I would find myself taking a note and going, okay, there, there's a map here. There is definitely a map. Mm-hmm. So they didn't necessarily know I was thinking about this, but I was kind of tracking what was happening before and what was happening after when this flow feeling came about. And I would notice that sometimes people would talk about it being on their sofa, reading a book. Sometimes they talked about it when a really big thing was happening, like hella skiing or putting out a, a, a forest fire. Yeah. It depends. They were, they were unequal in their magnitude of what was happening in the moment, but they were equal into how they got there and how they got there was always the same. They would have something of concern. So that's the W, that's the worry. They would recognize what it was. That's the finding, that's the F. Mm -hmm. They would choose love or gratitude instead of fear or worry. And that's the O. So they make the choice to go over to love or gratitude. And I, as I figured it out, I thought, oh, that's so interesting. That's across the board. It doesn't matter whether it's the couch sitting flow or the hella skiing flow, you have figured out a way to take a quiet moment, realize something else is dominating your thinking and choose to do something else. And that's when you find flow and you find it every time. And it's like, it's, it, it is an actual map to an actual place where you can actually feel better most or more of the time. Mm-hmm. So as we process through it, and we'll get into it more, more later, um, I started teaching people or identifying it for them because often we can't see our own worry. We can't see our own fear. And mm-hmm. if I process it for them, they come out of it into flow every time. And it was this amazing, magical thing. And then fun little sidebar, it's wolf spelled backwards, which is my last name. So it just was this magical, you know, people in my field or not my field, but in psychology would say like, be careful of magical thinking, you know, magical thinking. You got to be careful about that. You got to be careful about these things. And I'm like, hold up one second though. (laughs) Right. Why? It's a different point of view. It's a more clinical be in the here and now. Don't trick yourself into believing that there's woo-woo-ness, but coaching is different. Coaching integrates those two worlds, which is why I love it so much because I do believe that there is magic at play. Um, But I also think that you can hack that's the science part. You can hack the plasticity of your mind by doing thought work if you just knew how to do it. Yeah. And, you know, I think for people like you and I, moms, we've got no time, right? I mean, especially right now, good gracious, don't get me started. My trigger word is what's for dinner. If anybody else can relate to that, right? Okay. I just can't. Kelly, I, so I, I, this is total sidebar and I'm completely interrupting you, but I have to tell you this. So I was so overwhelmed. I hate that, especially when Ryan asks it, because I'm like, Hello, passive aggressive. You're being like, what are we having for dinner when you're not doing anything? And I told him, I was like, I am so overwhelmed and stressed out. And, and the one thing 
that could make it easier on me is dinner. I'm like, you've known this since we met. I always said that I didn't have the cooking gene and like, it just stresses me out. I have to plan it. I have to shop for it. I have to prep for it. I have to make it. And it drives me nuts. And you know what? He has totally stepped up. He has taken over. Like when he's home, he's, he is like our chef. He cooked the best dinner last night. No, he is like, I mean, thank you, Ryan. I am giving you total props right now because he has totally lifted that stress and burden off of my shoulders. And I don't know if it's because it's this time in his life and he also wants to like be able to cook for the fire station. He's really good at it. He is great at it. And you know what? He puts in a podcast or an audiobook or music and he like dances around the kitchen to his own tune, like with his AirPods in. And it's the cutest thing ever. And I just, uh, it like makes me fall in love with my husband all over again. So can he get any hotter? Like how many more things can we put on his list? Like, let me just, let me take out my list here. (laughs) Seriously. Come on. But I'm with you. I mean, I mean, I'm with you. I think that's to to have that be the love language and do an act of service for you when you're like, I'm drowning. Seriously. But I, so I get those trigger words. Your trigger word is what's for dinner. Me too. But thankfully, thanks to Ryan, I don't have to worry about, I mean, I don't know that it will last forever. I'm totally taken advantage of while it does. And, and again, sidebar, but I'm sure all the moms out there will appreciate this. You know this about me. I actually went to baking school. Let's add that to my school list. I had these kind of fantasies of like, you know, the French bakery thing until I found out you have to get up at 2 a.m. every day and like work for till like five. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. But I do like to make it for myself. And I don't, it's too much. I'm like, I just need any other break from this being my constant rotation in my day. P.S. For all the mamas out there, I have some ideas on this from my coaching practice as to how to, to navigate that work to make it a little bit easier but I'm like the person who loves to cook who's got that as their trigger word so god help you if you hate to cook (laughs) right oh my gosh but you you are I mean I it's kind of like it's like food porn like watching your watching your stories oh I love cabin porn food porn and real estate porn those are like my (laughs) right those are my late night like you know, scrolls. Yes. Real estate, especially. I love looking at houses. Yeah, me too. Okay. So we did the basics of flow and I love that you trademarked it. That's so funny and so cool. Good for you. Okay. So we did the basics. Now, uh, you know, you, you explained in detail what each letter means. I'd love for you to walk us through, you know, an example event and maybe it's the trigger word, you know, you just use, but some kind of example event event that we all experience kind of on a day-to-day basis, not, not any of the heavy stuff right now, although I would like to talk about that, but I feel like just something easy, like whether it's, let's do food. That's a good one. Awesome. And, and perfect because I could use my own coaching right about now for that perfect. trigger word. No, <laughs> but I think it's important. And, and actually you already said, said part of it. So I'll use your own life thing that's happening for you. So if my, so the way you have to identify it is it doesn't have to be worry, like, you know, what's outside. It's anything that's causing you distress. So that's how we identify the worry fear zone. That's the W, right? Mm -hmm. So in this case, let's say that the worry or concern is I'm so tired, exhausted of thinking about this, feeling like it's on me, feeling resentful that it's on me, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, you get it, right? So I'm kind of like compounding, compounding, compounding into that department. And because we're such a beautiful species, we're such a beautiful species, we we have actually, it's a good thing, although it's not anymore a good thing, that we double down on concern and worry. It used to be a good thing, but it's not anymore. But that's why our brains do it. So we're just like, boom, boom, add more, add more evidence. Wait, why is it, why do our brains do that? So a gazillion years ago or whenever, when we began, yep. you had to be more worried than not to stay alive. Okay, okay? got it. Because you were going to be vulnerable to the elements, whether yep. they were animals, whether you really had to have a hyper awareness about your surroundings in order to make it to the other side. That's why we're all still here. Thank you, ancestors. Y'all did a good job. However, what hasn't happened with our evolution is that as we don't have to be totally terrified of the elements, we still, that part of our brain is still very much intact. So it wants to find something to like dig its teeth into. So it can find arbitrary. Can we, can we evolve already and just get rid of that? (laughs) That's why we're here. I mean, yes. And, and by the way, you can evolve it. You can change it because your brain's plastic and your plastic brain, as you change it, you transfer that down to your kids. So we'll, that's a whole other thing, but it's phenomenal. So yes, the answer is yes, we will evolve. Okay. So my fear worry is don't want to have to constantly think about making food, making dinner, et cetera. Okay. What I have to do next is the finding part. That's the slow, quiet observation of my thinking. So when I start to look at it and I'm not feeling it, I'm just looking at it. I go, oh, wow, I'm getting really bitchy about dinner. I'm treating Scott bitchily because I'm frustrated about dinner. I'm complaining to my friend. Okay, I have to really take that 30,000 foot view about that worry and concern. Then I have to go, Okay, I can make another choice. That's the O. All right. So I'm gonna walk. I say walk over the bridge. Uh-huh. So walk from your worry to love and gratitude. You wrote a book on gratitude, so you know this. I did. So you go walk over the bridge to gratitude. And I say these things. I'm gonna I'm doing this in real time right now. Yeah. I'm so lucky and grateful to have the option of what I'm going to eat tonight. I absolutely get so much pleasure from being able to nourish and feed my family. And what a blessing, what an opportunity. I genuinely love food and the art of it and, and, and the, and the tastes of it and the complexities of it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we have to have it and we can put love inside of it. I um, want to, here's where Ryan comes in. So once I've gotten to that place of being a little more grateful for the opportunity, as opposed to frustrated by it, I can start to do things to make the act of it more exciting. Mm -hmm. So he's doing a perfect thing. This is what I would say to anybody. Put a podcast in, Mm -hmm. put a book in, um, turn music up, pour a glass of wine, anything that you would do that would elevate the experience for you. Do that. Some people, you know, turn the today show on, whatever, whatever the thing is in that vibe, put them together. And now you've completely shifted how your brain looks at it. So that would be a perfect example of using it in that exact thing. You can also use it in all kinds of existential ways. Like you said, there's big and there's small. Mm-hmm. So it really just matters what the fear and the worry is, how big, how defined is it? If you have a long time, like let's say fear of heights. Okay. So that yeah. would be like a phobia almost. This would be something you'd want to do kind of all day, every day throughout the day. Hmm. So you're kind of tackling it like little by little by little by little so that your brain stops 
attaching to that fear and concern over and over and over again. It's kind of a repetitive, you know, how often you do it is how much it will work for you. Amazing. So good. (laughs) I remember when you first started talking about it, I was a little confused. The fact that you like walk us through each little step. And I feel like the part that gets me is becoming the observer and taking your, like make creating an out-of-body experience and look, you know, hovering above your life, looking down at it and evaluating it. And what, what I think I have problems with is I'm very reactionary. So if I'm upset, I'm upset, you know, and it's hard for me to hold it in. I wear everything on my sleeve. You can tell when I'm stressed. My kids can tell when I'm stressed. Ryan can tell when I'm stressed. My friends can tell when I'm stressed. Like if I'm stressed, you know it. And because I'm reactionary, how do I make myself? Because I I feel like it's kind of like a I need to force myself to be that observer and to walk over the bridge to gratitude. But how do I do that when I'm so caught up in the emotion of it? Mm. So in that exact scenario, I would ask you to find out what your seed worry is. I'm not interested in your branches and your leaves just yet. The Uh branches and leaves are your reaction. Okay. The branches and leaves are what you're frustrated, irritated, aggravated, trigger happy, you know, you name it, whatever, all the things like Mm -hmm. I am about dinner. (laughs) And then I want to go back to your seed worry. So if I was going to take a guess, there's something in the seed that's like, I'm not able to do what I want to do. I'm not able to do something that is Uh, healing and nourishing and important for me. And I've been pulled and pulled and pulled and pulled. And now my branches are bashing you upside the head. Yeah. So the seed came back from not acknowledging, I'm just guessing here, this doesn't have to be you, but this could be classic, is that the seed was, I don't choose myself. Okay. I don't, I haven't been choosing myself. I don't choose myself. Somewhere along the way, I let other people, people pleasing, get in, get in the way. So I'm going to go back and take the 30,000 foot view on the seed, not the branch. Got it. So your meditation would be around, you know, what am I afraid of? Mm -hmm. Am I afraid that people won't like me anymore if I don't just do all the things for them? We're going to have to go back to that origination. Could you do it in a reactionary state? I think maybe, but it would be a little more of a bandaid on a, on a, okay. You know, right. For sure. And I think, I think you touched on it a little bit. I think digging deeper it's for me and, and I'm sure there are people out there who can relate to this, but it's not being good at it and, and feeling like I'm going to fail because I suck at cooking. I always have. And even in those moments when I'm kind of enjoying myself cooking, whether we're Ryan and I are cooking together, I do love baking, which is is different because I think the end result is I love baked goods. They are my downfall and my love all at the same time. Yeah, you too. Oh yeah. 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 So anything baked, like I, I love it because I know at the end of it, I'm going to really enjoy myself. It's like the prep work with the onions and the peppers and the what, like, oh, I cannot stand the prep work. I actually feel like someone out there needs to create a business where you can just go buy 
chopped up celery or chopped up whatever because I freaking hate the chopping. You know, I mean, not to put a bigger kind of blanket over this, and I really haven't thought about this until just this moment. So it's just a curiosity for me. Yeah. I, that there might be for some of us too, this bizarre, like, why are we the default choppers? Why, why is the female, the woman in the house? Yeah. The default. And it could be that. Part it makes of it, us hate I mean. the chopping because it feels like a, no, you have to do this. This is your lane. And you're like, but I, but why? It's like assuming that every guy knows how to change a tire. I mean, like, what, what, it, what is that even, right? So right. I would almost be curious about that piece of it too. Yeah. Um, that does it come back to this, whoever made me the person in that lane in the first place? It's right. totally, I mean, that there is so much truth there. It, and there's kind of where my resentment comes in is, you know, yes, I stay home with the kids and I wouldn't have it any, any other way. I'm so thankful and so grateful for the opportunity to stay home with my kids. But I mean, I was in college, I was dating this guy. We were super serious. I mean, we were on the path to getting engaged and married and, and he basically just wanted me to be a stay at home mom and, and voice that. And at that point in time, like I was raised by my, my parents divorced when I was in fifth grade, my dad was still around. Um, it's, it's not like he was not involved, but I lived with my mom and she worked a full-time job to support us. And she was my role model. You know, I wanted a career. I wanted to be um, an yeah. independent person. And even though I wanted a family too, I wanted that career life. I wanted to be a successful career woman, you know, in whatever that career was going to be. So I've always had this, like, this vision of a home life where I was balancing all of it, you know, balancing work and balancing home life. So it definitely comes down to that resentment of Ryan's off working. And so I am in charge of all the things, including the things that I don't like, <laughs> like cooking. And I know I have to do it, but I, it's, it, there's so many things bundled up to, into that, including the failure and including feeling like I'm going to be a disappointment, including like I'm not the most nutritious chef in the world because I don't like the chopping and because I, you know, buy the prepackaged stuff and there's some preservatives and whatever, you know, it's like, Ah, oh, just bam, 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 constantly. So I love this. I love that I now have a map to be able to fight those those insecurities, those annoyances, that emotional response, and be able to move forward. You know, you just said something interesting too about that journey of because we're in the same boat. I, I agree with you. There is no, I have. I have fashioned my world very intentionally for me. I think everybody's journey is different for me 100%, yes. to be able to be uh, with my kids as much as I can. And yes, I am so happy and yeah. grateful that I have this opportunity to do it that way. And I think that's right. really important. But what I would say too about that, that's so fascinating is because you said it multiple times about while I'm chopping. Okay. So I'm in fear, worry, concern frustration, irritation, you name the word, I just use W because it's yeah. better that way, that I go and return back to, oh, right. This was very intentional for me. I meant to do this. I meant to be here. I, I, I wanted this. You know, this was my choice yeah. to nourish, to feed my children, 
and I'm happy that I can do it. I'm like, God, hello. So then in that moment, you start to return to flow within the moment because mm-hmm. the alternative really is compounding that resentment and irritation till, till when, right? So every night at oh. dinner, till yeah, blow up. Yeah. Till a hundred days of dinner. I don't know. You, anybody could do the math on that. And how does it blow up? We get irritated. We get short circuited. Everybody goes, Ooh, mom's having a moment. Yeah. And then we, and then we feel shame and guilt that oops, we had a moment. And yep. then we start chopping the onions again the next day after we got one night of DoorDash. Like, no, this is not the way. Right. Totally. Because <laughs> we're just going back into the spin cycle of collecting our hundred days of resentment. Right. So, you know, it's like, shouldn't we do it? Shouldn't we think of it in a different way? That's where the flow map is so helpful because it starts to change. And this is really true for those like me. I'm a, a, a brain nerd. I love this stuff you'd start to change the plastic parts of your brain. The myelin in your brain starts to change and shift and you really, truly see it differently. It doesn't happen like that, but it happens like abs. Yeah. I don't get to get abs just because I want them. I don't have, I mean, I won't show you, but like, they're not there, but I don't get, and I do want them, but I don't have them because I'd have to go do something about it. I'd have to do planks and sit-ups and Right. Whatever. And probably stopped eating baked goods. None of this is going to happen, by the right. way. But I would have to do all of that to have the abs. And I think this is spiritual abs. Flow is spiritual abs. You will have to do something to have them. So you're going to have to do the work. They don't just magically appear. Yeah. But once, once they're there, and I think you've had abs, so you could speak to this. I've never had them. But I feel like once they're there, you, you use them, they're a strength, they're a core, you know, Mm -hmm. they're, they're how they help because they're, they're balancing you and holding you strong. Right. So think of it in the same way as your spiritual life is that you want that core to be rock solid Mm -hmm. and you want it to be rock solid now more than ever. Cause our cushy, like 40 last 40 years, my dad, my dad's an archeologist. And he said, since the beginning of humanity, Mm-hmm. So this is, this is true. According to my father, Dr. Okay. Dr. Fred, Dr. Fred. Okay. Thanks. Dr. Fred. Maybe he needs to come on the show too. Oh my God. He would be the best guest ever. He's like, here's what people forget. The last 40 years have been the easiest on all accounts for humans since the beginning of time. Mm. We've had more food, more electricity, more water, more, um, even, even in the worst of circumstances, we're still the better than it's ever been since the beginning of time. So chew on that for a minute. You and I, we just lived in a padded room for our entire life, kind of. Yeah. So we're really not that good at discomfort. We're reaching a point where we need to learn. We need to evolve. Like you said, Yeah. we, need, we, we have to evolve for our children's sake at this point, meaning how we think about things. For sure. I'm yeah. or I'm writing your dad's Dr. Fred Kelly's dad. He's like the smartest human that's ever lived. And he's just amazing. We talked about kind of the simple in a way, even though it affects your life pretty poignantly when you're going through this stressful situation or your trigger or whatever. But I'd love to talk a little bit about how we can use flow in the heavy world that we're living in today, you know, listening to writing or politics, if you if you listen to politics, climate change, like all of the really, really big, big, 
heavy topics that we are dealing with as a, as a planet, how can we use flow in that way? Because it's not anything specifically that's necessarily happening to me. You know, politics aren't happening to me, although it will affect me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I want to talk about, about how we can better our lives or, or be happier even in the midst of so much chaos and heaviness and, 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 and fear, discomfort, worry, and all of that. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. We are, we are in um, a, a very, a tidal wave of worry right now for a lot of different reasons. But I first want to say, this is so important to me because I feel passionate. We our journey is not to spiritually bypass suffering. It is not. You must walk through. You must navigate. So flow is not a an anesthetic to to suffering. It, it's it's a it's a way to change how your brain perceives what's actually happening, and that's really important. But if you asked me what would be if I could take a magic wand and give everybody the map to flow, it would be so that that individual could be of service because I really believe the problem is we can have all these big global fears and concerns and it tends to buckle people. It tends to not give, they don't take action. They get scared. Mm -hmm. And when you're scared, you triage. So you start to do what could be considered not great things of action. You know, you kind of, go inside and ah, and I'm afraid of the neighbor and I'm not sure what's going on out there, but we don't take action. So for me, flow right now on those big pieces is, is so crucial to us actually taking action in whatever way you thought was important. So mm-hmm. we would come back to that in a minute, but my, my day. So I think you and I agree on this and I'm, I, cause Ryan, we, this is why Ryan came to our house back to the eco zone. You know, he did this show that would come to your house and help you look at your house in a way that could shift it still what it was, but to make it a more ecologically friendly environment. I learned so much from them coming, just the changing my light bulbs. And I didn't, and I consider myself a very informed person when it comes to the environment, because it's probably my deepest, my deepest passion when it comes to what's going on. Yeah. And I, I took a straw out. Oh, Trista, you will love this. This is hilarious. <laughs> I took a straw out because we were on camera and you know, you we've been on camera a lot of our lives now. Yeah. I didn't want to mess up my lipstick. Okay. I will just admit that because <laughs> right. Remember they always give you a straw so yeah. that you don't mess up your yeah. lipstick. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so the makeup girls put a straw in my cup and one of the hosts of the eco zone said, can I tell you about straws? He changed my mind. I changed my household. So for me, when I go out into the woods every morning, and I do that every single morning, my fear, my worry is for the planet. That's mm-hmm. my number one. And yeah. I can get buckled and I can go, why are you afraid to the person passing me? Why aren't we, why aren't we running and down the streets? And like, why isn't everybody crying? <laughs> you know, yeah, what's right? happening? Okay. So that's mine. That's my big global one. So Mm -hmm. what I do in that moment is I sit in it for a second and I say, okay, Kelly, wow, you are really worried about the planet. You're very worried about the planet and you feel all these feelings and you're really, really scared. And I'm going to comfort you about that. Now I want you to look around you. Do you see that tree? Mm -hmm. This is me talking to myself. Tell Mm -hmm. me about it. And I'm like, oh my God, it's beautiful. I love it. Its roots are so deep. It, you know 
putting all this beautiful canopy over us. It's, it's creating oxygen. And I start to shift my internal process of how I see that fear, that worry. Mm-hmm. Now, bigger picture, let's pretend like I do that diligently, which I do, but let's say, okay, so I do. Yep. Then I start to get into service because I'm not just out there like, ah, ah. yeah, scared and fearful all the time. I start to do something. What can I do? Then I get to that place of, okay, what can I do? Oh, I know I can get rid of straws. I can change all my light bulbs. I can mm-hmm. um, stop buying uh, Ziploc bags. I can, I can start composting. I'm talking about the doable action steps that I feel like I can take right now. I can't do a whole lot about the air over Beijing myself today, Yeah, um, but I could do those little things. So that's really why you care about doing this. You know, mm-hmm. it's, we have globally found ourselves fearfully inside our homes, disengaging from one another. That's dangerous. So dangerous. I feel like the divisiveness is, is what scares me the most these days. As it should. Yeah. Yeah. So if we practice flow, listen, if flow's not your jam, people, you're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm past that point in my life find the avenue that gives you this same methodology and technique. Find the way to get out of your fear and worry, even if it's for a second, mm-hmm. so that you can ask yourself, how may I be of service to that thing that is worrying me? Put whatever your worry is in there. I mean, mine happens to be that. Somebody else's might be something else. And again, mm-hmm. this goes off all political lines. I'm not, I don't have an opinion about which one your lane is. I do have an opinion about how you are thinking about it, how you are treating other people and whether or not you're being of service. Yeah, that's that's the that's the part I'm curious about, because I think whatever your core worry is, I, I, I said that a lot to people that so my core worry would be I bet Ryan's is too probably it's like the planet, right? Like that's my yes, Yeah. And 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 different people have different ones, whatever their core worry is. We have to consistently do flow work on that core worry. So that we can actually do something that can, that can change the outcome of whatever that thing is. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Okay. So in, on your website, it's uh, for everybody listening, it's flow by Kelly Wolf and the Kelly is dot com. (laughs) You talk about your non-negotiables and I'd love for you to explain to us what non-negotiables are, the meaning, the purpose and how they can help us live a happier life. Well done in your homework. The way that I sort of structured this, what I realized was, okay, I felt like I kind of hacked this flow thing a little bit. And I thought, okay, I'm playing with this with my clients, seeing how this works. Like, can we, can we tangibly really attack it and figure out a way to get people into more flow, less worries? That's, that's a big thing. But what I realized was there were three things. This is on me. I had a terrible postpartum break. I had treacherous, treacherous path to, to cross in that I was suicidal. I was terrified. I was thinking that there's like helicopters, you know, it was bad news bears for, for quite some time, the postpartum. And simultaneously, I got a, a, a bad diagnosis for a disease that I have called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. So I felt like I had these two worlds that were really colliding and I was really collapsing at that point. Mm -hmm. There were three things that helped me get out of it. I say that because could somebody do flow work when they're in the middle of a tornado? I I hope so, but I don't know. So, you know, I think you have to have a bit of a, 
of a stable foundation to really do that work. And whether you need help with trauma, whatever that might be that helps you create that stabilization, I am like, please do that. That is so important. For me, it was munch, move and meditate. So I just got it down. I clearly love alliteration. (laughs) Yeah, right. Love it. I kind of saw the things that I was doing that was helping me to get out of the the tornado zone. Mm -hmm. And I had to move my body. And at this point I was, could barely move my body because of this diagnosis. So it's a hypermobility dis-ease. I like putting those two words apart, Mm -hmm. a dis-ease, but I can put my, all my legs over my head and I can dislocate my shoulder and I can do all these cuckoo cocoa puffs. I know. Which, by the way, was super cool in college. It's not so cool now. Um, and unfortunately for me, and depending on what you have and what level you have, people that have this can be wheelchair bound. It's devastating to the body because your joints aren't being supported. So they're just like, you, you can't, you really can't do anything. I don't have it to that degree, but I do have chronic pain. So I live in chronic pain all the time. Um, and I've worked through that in my different various ways. Um, but when I go back to that tornado zone, if I don't move my body, if I don't nourish my body, that's munch. So, and people are like, well, I'm going to eat a egg McMuffin. That's great. That's still munch. Hopefully we get to a place where we're having nourishing food so that we're, we're putting something into our body. That's actually giving it strength and power. And then meditation. Those are my three non-negotiables. So every day without fail. You can ask anybody that knows me, that's yeah. going to happen. And I, and for all the, the moms out there who feel like we're so underwater with time, I hear you. I see you. I feel you. I am you. And I had to take it on my own back, which was, I'm going to go to bed when the kids go to bed and I'm going to get up at 5am because that's just what it has to have, has to mm-hmm. be right now in order for me to get that taken care of for myself. Yeah. So that's really what I do. I make sure that I get enough sleep so that I can get up to make sure my non-negotiables are intact. Amazing. I mean, I, I love that. I just, I feel like when you were just speaking to the moms out there, I definitely find an excuse. I mean, the uh, we're going back to the abs conversation. Yes, I might've had them at some point in my life, but holy cow, they're not there now. And that is because not because I had children, which I posted on Instagram a while ago. I think it was, yeah, it was a throwback picture to my honeymoon with Ryan. We were kayaking. And I remember seeing, going, oh, I just want my abs back. Um, but it is all on me. It's not because I had kids. You know, yes, my body is a beautiful thing that was able to create two actual human beings. Like I praise my body. I, I, it's a miracle. I am so grateful for the opportunity because we had a really hard time with fertility. Uh, it took us two years to get pregnant. So it, it, and I always wanted to be a mom. Like I, if you see me around a baby, you'll, you'll, that is, that is my light. Like I, I love kids. I love babies. So I was jonesing to have my abs back and people were like, yeah, but your body created the, I'm like, it's not because of that. It's because I broke my ankle in February. And then I just used that as an excuse to keep me on the couch and keep me immobile and not getting to the gym and not prioritizing that. And I need to for my health, for my wellness, for my mental wellness, for my children, for my energy levels, for my abs. Cause hopefully 
for my actual abs, not just my spiritual abs. But yes, I, I, I need that so badly. So I feel like I am one of those people who we find the excuses. We find the, the reasons for not getting to the gym and prioritizing other things over the gym or just moving. So I love that, you know, just you doing this much when you were in pain, like that should be enough for that day. And I just, I need to be better. Hello, we're coming back around, better, et cetera. I need to be better about my activity level for me. Like you mentioned the abs also, they're, they're are part of our core. We need them. I have awful back pain and, you know, and as a physical therapist in a previous life, I treated people, children with back pain. And one of the biggest things was making sure that their core was strong. Like that is, that's the key. That's the key. And so I know, like I am having this back pain. I can't sleep on my stomach anymore, which I used to, that that was how I slept, but I have such back pain. And I, I know that I need to put the work in, but the excuses just just keep coming. You know what's interesting though? Okay. About that too. So same. And two things. One, I, the, the house had to burn down for me to, to get it to where I couldn't do anything to recognize like, Oh my God. If yeah. I don't do something to keep myself strong, I'm not going to be able to be a parent slash any, like what yeah. the, the road is nowhere at this point. So mm-hmm. that that's why that became my non-negotiable, mm-hmm. but here's another little fun trick for, for you and your listeners too, is anytime we say the word need or should let's do need and should okay. replace need with want. Okay. So say the same sentence about your abs. What did I say about need? I need to prioritize myself. Just say want yes. is a need. I, I need to prioritize myself and get to the gym. And then the different one is I want to prioritize myself. I want to prioritize myself and get okay. to the gym. Yeah, and you're you right. Feel like everybody out there do that. So like whatever you say need for replace it with want see how you feel differently in your body do you feel differently in your body mm-hmm. does that then give you the uh, the like judge to, to do sure. something and the other favorite one I have is if you ever say I should do I'm sure you've heard this but people like don't shut all over yourself I, I think we've all heard that before I haven't but, oh That's there mean. you go okay yeah so there's a good one but should change should to could so I should okay. go to the gym. I could go to the gym. Yes. One has community. One has shame. The SH words are shame words. Should and shame are brother and sister, bosom buddies, best friends. Get, yes. get, out, get them out of there. Get them out of there. I hate shame. I hate <laughs> disappointment. I hate feeling disappointed in myself. Oh, it's yes. This is amazing. Love it. Just saying them differently in your head can change everything. Those are awesome action items. And I feel like before we started this, when I, when I asked you if you could come on, we were talking about what we talk about specifically and the action items are, are high up there. You know, I don't want, I want people to come to this podcast and hear something that helps make their life better in a small way, in a large way. However, 
And I also want everyone to leave the podcast after they've listened with action items that they can take and put into use in their own life. So that those, those two right there changing should and need to, to could and want, I think are huge. Are there any other action items besides the non-negotiables that we should figure out for ourselves that you recommend? I mean, that, well, flow as an action item is huge on the daily, on the daily. If you see or hear yourself traveling into worry, here's one of my favorites. Raise your hand. If right before you fall asleep, you get like the list of a hundred things to worry about. <laughs> they range from <laughs> the planet is dying to right. call my mom back. That's one of my favorite places for flow because in that moment, when I'm getting like the hundred, you know, messages of worry, concern, did I, should I, could I, yep. blah, blah, blah. I think immediately I go three deep breaths, really like while you're laying there, three deep breaths. I sometimes say a mantra and then I say three things that I am grateful for. And listen, guys, let me be the first coach in history to say, I get it. It seems so corny and annoying. Like if one more person, sometimes I'm triggered by that. I'm like, would you please stop with the, like, replace (laughs) it with that. But here's what happens really, truly you fall asleep. So from a selfish point of view, I'll take that. Yeah. I'm like, I've just quieted all the shenanigans uh-huh. and you kind of drift off to sleep in that moment. You don't remember all this. Yeah, right. <laughs> Cause that's the beauty of that moment. Right. So that's one of my favorites ever, but it takes, it's all in threes. I think there's a thing about that. There is a, what it is. yeah. Threes, three breaths. Okay. Three things. Okay. Three three breaths, three things you are grateful for that you love. You know, mine was like, I didn't call my mom back. She called twice, texted a few times, whatever Marco Polo. Anywho, I immediately am like, oh my God, my mom, my mom is still here. I love her. She's like my friend. She's, I can, I can call her and then off to sleep. I love it. One more, which I am awful about is the, the, quieting my brain. And I, Ryan used to be all about meditation. He, I don't know that he does it as religiously as he used to, but for people like me who it's not that I feel like it's like woo woo and, and out there, I just, I just don't do it. And, and even when I was prepping for this interview and going over your website and everything, I feel like the meditation, you had a definition of meditation or meditate, and you talked about how it's setting aside, you know, a moment and it doesn't have to be for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, a half hour. It can be for a minute. It can be for whatever. And that hit me because I thought I have a minute, you know, like I have two minutes that I can quiet my myself and actually dedicate myself to bettering my day by being quiet and meditating and giving myself that time that my brain needs to just get on track. I I, I say this as a person who, this is a true story, Trista, you're going to laugh at this. I did the real world road rules challenge one time and I had not been to a gym before. Okay. That's how not sporty (laughs) I am. I don't know. I was never on a sport team. I don't get sports. Like Scott took me to a baseball game when we first were dating. And he's like, anything you want to ask me, just ask me. And I was like, has anybody fallen off that thing up there? Like, I'm just watching the people 
like high up. Okay. So just full disclosure, I don't get any of that, but I think people get sport metaphors really well. Yes. Everybody wants to achieve the marathon. Let's say, you know, that that's exciting. They all know that they would have to train to run the marathon, that there's really no other way around it. And I think what people see, especially now with how, how dominant it is in our culture, everybody sees and hears all these people talking about meditation and, 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 and enlightenment and what it would feel like to be in that state all the time. And they really, really want it. They get crippled by that marathon, <laughs> that marathon run, you know, yeah. they're like, oh, well, I don't really want to do 24 miles or 24.6 miles, or I don't even know what it is, but that right. whole thing, they don't really want to do that. Right. So they just are like, eh, forget it. I'm not interested. Yeah. But in the same way, if you were going to train for a marathon, I think Scott did this once you start with like a mile, right. And then maybe you do like two miles or may- then you do two and three, and then you back off for a while and then you eat a bunch of pasta and then you do a little more. And yeah, like, right. Okay. Same. It's the same. It's the exact same. So what I say to everybody is like, look, if you have 30 seconds, but you have 30 seconds of quiet, mm-hmm. that's a perfect time to do it. While you've got that 30 seconds, name three things you can see in your room. You could do it right now. You could tell me three things I see. You could say, I see my, my mic, my computer, my whatever. You just meditated. Why? Hmm. Because you took your brain out of a thought that's up here, something mm-hmm. that you're rolling around in, and you brought it right into the present moment because you saw everything that was around you. Then go on about chopping your onions. But the next day, <laughs> or not, you do, or not, the next day you do a little more. And the next day you do a little more. And as it goes, you will eventually run that marathon. You will eventually have abs if you I'm just start. Abs. Real good spiritual abs. Yeah. yeah, but it really does. I, I get really frustrated sometimes when people talk about meditation and they don't say the part about there. This isn't some precious thing that you have to be trained by a group. group. No, stop. Yeah. I, that bothers me. Mm-hmm. And they all get mad at me, that community too, because I have been trained in that community and they're like, yes, it is. I'm like, no, it's not. Because here's the thing. Right. So many people aren't going to come to the party if you tell them that it, this like, we're all laying over here, like levitating. No, just tell them <laughs> that they need to take a minute to themselves yeah, and, and breathe and, so and, and see a flower. <laughs> and see a flower. I love that you said that. That's so easy. I love it. Okay. So we're going to wrap things up, but every guest that I have come on, I will be asking them this question. And so here we go. It is, it's all about your life and how you can be better. So I'd love to know how you plan to be better tomorrow, whether in your personal life or professionally, just give us a little rundown of what that looks like for you. Well, so I was, I was telling you, we've got to replace need with want. And then for the last few weeks, so I'm writing a book about flow. And I do. So it's anything that we have. I think that something, God, we want it and we get it and it feels so good to us, but we don't make time for it. And we, then we say, I need to do X. So for me, it was, I need to write. I need to make time for that. And I started shifting it to, I want to write. I want to be of service. I want to tell the story so that I can help people. Cause I know I can, yeah. and I want to shift that. So my thing for me is I want to wake up early tomorrow morning and write. 
so that I can uh, give birth to this baby that I'm joking. I'm like, this thing is crowning right now and I'm sitting on it. So it needs to be like, somebody's got to put me in some stirrups because this mm-hmm. thing's got to come out. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And they're done now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. I'm like, it's time for my betterness will be to allow for that creative flow, give myself permission and space, ask for help so that I can get it done. And stop feeling like I have to do all the things for everybody else first. Mm -hmm. I'm going to better myself by choosing to do that for myself. As we all should. Choose yourself and then everything else will fall into place. Amen. Where can people find you if they want to either employ you as their life coach or just listen to all your gems of wisdom? So... Uh, obviously the gram is a good one. So I'm at Kelly Wolf, which two E's K E L L E Y W O L F. My website is flow by And those are the two places you can sign up for my newsletter. And what I'll say right now to people is I'm not currently taking on one-on-one clients, but I am currently taking on group environments. So mm. Um, I think that's really important and important for time. And I am currently finishing this book. I'm gonna have to call you after this to get your your wisdom on the on the finish of the book section. Um, so that's the that's the place that I am. But I do I care so deeply about the community, and I have a really, really beautiful, amazing community in this in the flow world. And I feel like we support each other, and it's a positive place to be. So I even say, like, if you're gonna come to my house, don't take a crap on my front step or I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Mm-hmm. So when you're in my house, you will abide by respect of all things, all yes. people at all times. Yes. All right, girl. I love you. And I am so glad we got to do this. I, oh, I, I think that the listeners out there, this is just, this is as someone who I feel like would listen to this podcast. If I wasn't hosting it, I, I would be all about, everything you just said. So thank you. Well, that's why we're here, right? We have to lock arms. Trista, you are wonderful. Amazing. I'm so happy that your voice is here. It really brings me an incredible amount of joy and you are phenomenal at this. So, so yay. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. I hope you feel a little better after having listened. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you're enjoying our show, please send it to a friend and put a little better into their lives. Also, if you would like to find me, you can go to Instagram at Trista Sutter or Facebook at Trista Sutter fan page. Thanks, everybody, and have a great day.